From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monyoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Well, last year was a rough year. Last year, 2017, was a rough year for a lot of folks in the Mon Valley and McKeesport areas. Uh, countywide, 109 homicides in 2017. About, depending on how you count, more than 30 were in the Mon Valley, 13 in McKeesport, 5 in Swissvale, 2 in Turtle Creek. Most of the homicides in Allegheny County are young men in their 20s. 42 out of the 109 homicides that I counted were young men in their 20s. What does that do to the psyche of a community? What does it do to the victims, families, friends that are left behind? And what services are available to help? On the line with us this morning is Vanessa Mayers-Snyder. She is Director of Education and Conflict Resolution Services at the Center for Victims. Good morning, Vanessa. Good morning, Jason. How are you? I'm very good. Can you give us, uh, before we go any further, the, the telephone number for the Center for Victims and the website, please? Absolutely. We have a 24-hour hotline number, and that's one 844 2882 Once again, it is a 24-hour crisis number, which is one 2882 Okay. And our website is www.center4 Okay. We'll give that out uh, later on in the program. I know sometimes people are in the car or something and they don't uh, have a chance to write something down. We'll give those the number and the website out uh, later on again. Uh, tell us briefly, what does the Center for Victims do and how long has it been around? We've been around for over 40 years, Jason. We are the only comprehensive victim service agency in Allegheny County. Um, so we help uh, victims and witnesses and significant others who've been impacted by violence or crime um, through a variety of ways. Uh, we provide uh, therapy um, to individuals at no cost. Um, we provide advocacy um, so that when people are required to go through the court process, which is a very difficult process, mm-hmm. um, they do have someone to support them um, that can explain the, the uh, system to them as well as be there and be objective um, to be supportive because oftentimes people are there together and they're all struggling with that same trauma. Um, and often struggling with that same issue in terms of what's happening. So to have someone there to be able to assist them. Um, We also have individuals that are there to help with victims' compensation. um, And then we do a lot of community outreach and training as well. Um, And and there is a relationship for folks uh, in the McKeesport area. There is a relationship between the Center for Victims and what used to be called Woman's Place, correct? Woman's Place merged with what used to be called the Center for Victims of Violent Crime. Am I right about that? That is correct. It's been at least six years now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, on the line with me right now is uh, Vanessa Mayer Snyder. She's Director of Education and Conflict Resolution Service for the uh, Center for Victims. Uh, you can reach their 24 hour crisis hotline, 1 866 644 What sort of people, before we sort of get into what happened in 2017 and, and, and the ways that the Center for Victims reached out. What sort of people call the Center for Victims or what sort of people should be encouraged to call the Center for Victims? 
anyone is encouraged to call the Center for Victims. Unfortunately, the amount of violence that's happening throughout our county um, and affecting individuals is ridiculous. I mean, we serve at least 16,000 individuals a year who are um, impacted by violence and crime. So um, we, um, anywhere from the whole lifespan, from children to the elderly. And, and and this could include does does, does this include um, people who are in a domestic relationship where one of the partners is is acting out uh, violently as well as people who have been victims of crime themselves? Absolutely, and domestic violence is a crime. So yeah. um, you know we have to keep that in mind. So we do you know we have a domestic violence shelter. We have um, counseling for individuals. We have ways to help them um, as well as as well as sexual assault and those kinds of things. So. Yeah, I didn't mean to imply that domestic violence was not a crime, but often it, it goes unreported until someone talks to a Absolutely. victim's advocate or something. A lot, a lot of times, the, the the last place they want to go for help sometimes, unfortunately, is is the police department. Um, so that's why I wanted to mention that uh, it's not just the reported, Absolutely. it's not just the crimes that have already been reported. It's it's crimes that have not yet been reported, and someone needs some counseling and, and some support. Okay. Um, so I, I opened the program by mentioning the the really kind of sober statistics um, that. We had 32, if I counted correctly, and it depends on how you count them, 32 homicides in, in the Mon Valley area, our main listening area, 13 of those in McKeesport. And I, I'm, I know in, in several cases, maybe all of them actually, but in, in, in several cases, I know that the Center for Victims did some counseling. We had um, uh, a couple of very young homicide victims. Are you able to talk at all about that? Because I believe you were involved up at Woodland Hills High School. Um. Yes, I mean, it, it is confidential. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know who our clients are, but um, yes, I mean, we, we provide a lot of crisis interventions when things happen within communities, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's schools or organizations. And so we actually send out a team of individuals to deal with that initial stru- shock that happens. Um, and usually we, you know, do um, crisis interventions through groups as well as through individual um individual one-on-one um, talking with individuals and setting them up for, um, if they choose, for more in-depth time for counseling, because oftentimes people need more time, but that initial shock oftentimes is very difficult for people to deal with. And so being able to go in and talk to them about um, what has happened, what to expect after um, they've been through a traumatic experience and what's normal for an abnormal situation um, can often make a difference for people in terms of how they, they feel it more empowered and, and more in control of themselves. You raised a good point, which is the, the, the shock of the actual event hap- happening. Why is it so different? I mean, any, any death, um, anyone who's, who's I mean, practically everyone, I think, at this point is, has lost someone who has been close to them, and a- any death, is is upsetting and and I don't want to say tragic necessarily because so someone who who has passed away of natural causes after a long life it's it, it's you know it's an inevitability but someone who is taken from us in an accident or by a disease that is certainly very upsetting how is our emotional reaction different more extreme when someone is taken from us by by violence well that's definitely a good question. And I talked to a lot of people about that. Um, when when you've lost someone to a traumatic event, um, they've been ripped from you. I mean, to be blunt about it, they've been ripped from you. So, um, you know, when people are 
<clears throat> are passing away due to natural causes or disease, oftentimes people can expect that they are going to lose that person and they're still going to be involved. Yeah. And they can prepare for it. It's still it still is difficult. However, when someone when you especially many of the young deaths that we've had, um, you know, when a child you expect a child to be able to come home or a young adult to be able to live their life, um, and it's taken from them, there's another layer to that grief. Um, and there's lots of questions. There's lots of other things involved, in, including the courthouse and yeah. searching for um, the person who was the perpetrator. So all of those additional pieces are there um, that make it even that much more difficult. You know, when not saying that grief is not hard for everyone, right? Um, but this is a little bit. There is another layer that people have to deal with in addition to the death. I, I, w- I want to ask um, about how uh, young adults, um, teenagers uh, especially, sort of process these deaths. I also want to ask how you got into this field and, and what your background is. But we have to take a quick 30-second break, um, if you can hang with us. Sure, absolutely. Okay. okay. Uh, Vanessa Mayers snyder is Director of Education and Conflict Resolution Services at the Center for Victims. You can find them online at centerforvictims.org, or you can call their 24-hour crisis hotline at 1-866-644-2882. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers, 30 Minutes. Support comes from the readers of TubeCityOnline.com and the Tube City Almanac. And we thank them for their support. If you'd like to contribute, please visit our website, call us at 412-614-9659, or email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. And we're back. Our guest this morning is Vanessa Mayers Snyder. She is Director of Education and Conflict Resolution Service for the Center for Victims. You can find them online at centerforvictims.org, or you can call their 24-hour hotline one 866-644-2882. One thing that I've noticed about your website is you have a panic bar at the top of the page. And we were talking off the air about uh, the confidentiality that the Center for Victims treats people with. The panic bar, I guess, is if you are looking at the website and your abuser or um, the, the person who has been victimizing you is in the room, that enables you to exit the website quickly. quickly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Talk a little bit about the confidentiality. <laughs> That's this is ironic. Talk about the confidentiality, uh, <laughs> but well, talk about I the mean, privacy that that you do treat these you do treat people with and, and the cases with. Absolutely. I mean, when people are dealing with a traumatic event, it is it is very hard. And um, with domestic violence, sexual assault, many of the different crimes that we deal with, people are afraid to come forward. Um, and the shame that often is associated, even if it's not their fault, and we know in many cases it is not their fault. Um, and so we want to make sure that people can feel safe. Um, that means that we do not talk about, you know, the things that we provide for them or let people know those kinds of things. Um, we want people to be able to be ready on their own if they choose to disclose that kind of information to other people. But it's, we want to know that when they come to us, that that information stays there and we're really about um, making sure that they feel safe and secure. And this is not about identifying them. It's not going to get back to their abuser that they have Correct. reached out to you for. Okay, that's, uh, that, that's, the, that's the point I wanted to make. And before we took the break, I mentioned that, you know, sometimes the, the police is the last place they want to go. And I don't, don't mean to put the onus on the police departments. But, you know, if they call the police, the police car shows up, 
the abuser knows that they've called the police. Um, it, it's it's often it, because of the nature of the criminal justice system, it can't be confidential, correct? Yes, that is correct. Okay. And the Center for Victims, I should mention, is a is an independent nonprofit agency. That is correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, how did you get into this field? Tell us a little bit about your background. Um, <clears throat> I did a lot of work in um, working with communities. Um, I'm not from Pittsburgh. I'm, I've lived in a lot of places throughout uh, the United States and overseas. And um, when I came to Pittsburgh, I was doing a lot of work um, in looking at African-American communities and violence. And um, I had the opportunity to start with the agency about eight years ago mm-hmm. um, around doing community education um, because really, I mean, we have to be out there to talk to people about trauma. They have to understand that there are options and resources available to them um, because often in many communities people don't know. Um, and over the time period that I've been there, I've been able not only to <clears throat> continue to work in all the communities throughout um, Allegheny County in terms of education and training, but also in terms of really looking at um, mediation as a way to be preventative um, when it comes to violence, at the escalation of violence, because we know that in many cases, um, violence often escalates from misunderstandings in communication. So when you go back to the root of the issue um, and what actually led to that escalation, oftentimes it is as simple um, unfortunately, as miscommunication, um, and, and people have died over, you know, not being able to communicate with each other. Um, the other thing is really the importance of understanding how trauma impacts not only individuals, but families and communities. Um, we talk about the amount of, of homicides and the amount of deaths that have taken place over even just this past year, um, and we're, you know, that along with all the other types of crimes, I mean, the numbers of domestic violence for those that are reported and not reported, um, the other crimes that are taking place in those environments, um, what people are dealing with, it is a ripple effect, um, and it does impact the community. It keeps people on um, very hypervigilant, mm-hmm. um, which means that they're constantly um, in a state of fear, constantly in a state of trying to protect themselves, um, and sometimes, unfortunately, um, <clears throat> protecting what they feel is due to, based on the, that fear and that way of protecting themselves often um, can come across in ways that will harm other people, you know. And so we, we definitely see that as well. There's an old saying, I believe, in the addiction uh, treatment field that hurt people hurt people. Um, and, and that's, I think, kind of the idea you're getting towards. Um, I want to put a bookmarker there because that, that's important. I don't want to gloss over uh, the trauma because it is something I want to talk about um, that is, I think, affecting uh, these communities in the East End and, and South uh, Hills of Pittsburgh. But I want to come back to that. Vanessa Mayer Snyder is Director of Education and Conflict Resolution for the Center for Victims. Uh, you can reach them at one 866 6442882 that is a toll free call or you can go to their website centerforvictims.org and their help is confidential and your help is free as well correct that's correct okay um i want to come back to the 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 community and the sort of shared traumas that that the families and a neighborhood and, and a town may share but um i want to talk to you in particular about the young people um you know when you're 16 or 17 or 18 years old the the old saying is you you think you're 10 feet tall and and, and bulletproof um, there was a, was a lot of young, and these, this list of homicides that we had in 2017 in Allegheny County, there were a lot 
of young people. I mean, the, the biggest single group is 20-somethings, but probably the next biggest group is uh, people in their late teens, 17, 18, 16 uh, years old. How do young people process these violent actions different from someone who's a little bit older? Well, <clears throat> the first thing is that um, our brain doesn't even completely develop until we get to our mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <clears throat> sorry, and so, um, you know, we're talking about individuals in their late teens and 20s that are making decisions um, that, you know, most of us that are older would say, why would they even consider making these decisions? And part of it is because their brain is not, um, their brain is not completely formed. Um, the other piece of that is, as I mentioned earlier, um, when you are dealing with trauma and uh, when you've dealt with con- continually continual traumatic events, <clears throat> you are in survival mode mm-hmm. constantly. Um, most of the time when people deal with a traumatic event, you know, all their hormones go up, everything goes into survival mode, and then they have a chance for things to kind of calm down. In many of these, many of the communities, they are in a constant state of war. Um, and so they are in survival mode all the time, which impacts the ability for them to make rational and logical decisions. Okay. Um, because, because of the fact they're not, they're using their primitive brain, which is all about survival. It's the fight or flight um, instinct that is wired into us back to the, to the caveman uh, era. I'm not trying to, to make light of it. It is, it is the, you know, the, the instinct that, you know, when you're driving your car and someone runs out in front of you, that I mean, it's the reflex almost that takes over. But it seems to me kind of what you're saying and, and thinking back, I'm, I'm a little bit older now, but I'm not that far removed from, from being in my teenage <laughs> years, um, that you just don't have the experience to, to process you know, you, you, you can't foresee what the consequences are going to be because you haven't made those mistakes yet. You haven't had those experiences yet to know what they're going to be. Is that more or less accurate? Yes. Okay. And, and, then, and so many of the youth that are, you know, they're, they're carrying guns, they're using guns as their way of dealing with um, whatever um, is coming their way. I mean, back in the day, you know, when people had a disagreement, I mean, I, don't, I never condone fighting, but right. oftentimes people would have a fight and it would be over. Right. Um, now people don't believe in fighting. They just reach for um, some sort of weapon, and the other person, that, that, that fight often can lead to death. I remember talking to someone, I think from Clareton, and the, the, the thing in high school uh, apparently used to be, I'll meet you behind Helmstetter's after school, and we're going to have mm-hmm. a fight, or I'll, I'll meet you behind wherever. And, and same thing in McKeesport, I'll meet you behind the, the Tech High, and, and we're going to have a fight. Um, I, certainly, as as a kid, I had a few of those myself, and, and probably most kids had that experience. But yeah, when when access to a deadly weapon is available, um, it, it's no longer a, a broken nose or or bloody lip or something. It's it's death. It's someone's someone's going to die. Right. We have unfortunately one more uh, thirty second break to take. Um, when we come back, let's jump back to the idea that you raised that these traumas become a shared experience that that all of us in a family or a community have. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, Vanessa Mayer Snyder is our guest this morning for a few more minutes. She's director of education and conflict resolution services at the Center for Victims. They are at one eight six 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 four four two eight eight two or centerforvictims.org. They help victims of all crimes and all violence. Um, Their help is free, and it is confidential. We'll give the number out and the website out one more time before we leave today. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a production of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. 
You know, we're looking for help in getting this show on the air and for help with other projects. If you're interested in the McKeesport area and you'd like to host a program or write articles for the website, call us at 412-614-9659 or email TubeCityTiger at gmail.com. And we're back for a final few minutes. Our guest this morning, Vanessa Mayer-Snyder. She's Director of Education and Conflict Resolution Services at the Center for Victims. They are located in Pittsburgh, but they serve all of our listening area on Allegheny County. 1-866-644-2882 or centerforvictims.org. And the help is free and confidential. Uh, Vanessa, before we took the break, you had brought up that these things are shared experiences. One thing that is you were talking about how uh, we react to trauma and, and our sort of our primitive brain kicks in, our fight or flight mechanisms kick in. And a lot of times we don't make the best choices, but we make the choice we have to make in, in, in the moment. One, one thing that occurred to me is that they talk about your brain sort of being rewired over time, if you've is this true? You kind of if you've had experienced continuous trauma or repeated trauma, your brain starts to to remap, as it's explained to me. Is that accurate? That is correct. Um, but there is good news about that. Okay. Um, and uh, research has shown, in terms of epigenetics, that we are able to um, to change that. That our brain is more has more plasticity than we realized in the past. Okay. So there are ways to, to really provide more positive experiences and more things to get people um, to help with that healing process. So, so the brain can heal and it can remap. If it's, if it's been wired one way due to trauma, you can over time unwire that and, and, and remap it in a positive direction is what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, how does it sort of remap um, both physically and, and spiritually and emotionally a community when you've had repeated trauma like this. McKeesport, I know, it kind of was reeling last year from the number of 13 homicides, uh, but Swissvale also um, had a violent 2017. The whole, the whole Mon Valley, I, I really don't want to single out one community or another, the whole Mon Valley um, was a very bad year for, for violence in 2017. What does that do to the, to the psyche of the neighbors and friends who, who may themselves have not directly been affected, but witnessed a crime or knew someone who was the victim of a crime? It, it affects people more than I think um, we, we talk about. Um, and that's why even we say we say we help victims, witnesses, and significant others. Because when, a, when something happens, when a victimization happens, um, it doesn't just affect that person. It affects their family members and their community members. Um, people become, I mean, if someone, someone's house becomes robbed, people start worrying about their own security sure. for their own homes. So, I mean, it does impact individuals. And when we're talking about violent deaths, um, people are afraid. I think we talked at one point about people not wanting to come out late at night. Yep. Um, their safety. Safety is, is, is the number one thing if we think about Maslow's hierarchy. If you don't feel safe and secure, nothing else really works for you, you know. So um, what ends up happening is it's <clears throat> on so many different fronts um, in terms of people worry about themselves and whether or not, they are also going to be victimized, mm-hmm. and that affects trust in communities. Um, that affects everything that's taking place. And one of those things that we need to, ha- to help communities and heal communities is that ability to be um, social, that ability to, to feel safe around our, our, um, our neighbors and the other people that live in our community, um, peoples and structure and economic opportunities, all of those things and feeling safe and being involved and, and being attached and a, a, and a part of that 
are things that that assist with the healing process. And when people feel like there is constant violence um, or the, the threat of constant, constant violence or even the perception of it, um, it will keep people away from each other and away from, you know, anything else that, that they feel would be against their safety. It, it, it strikes me that just as their brain is being remapped, their physical activities, they might be remapping in terms of, I don't go down that street anymore. I don't go to that part of town anymore. I don't hang out with those people anymore. I don't sit on my front porch anymore. Or I I leave the town where I grew up or where my family is because I I want to escape from the violence. So they remap their physical environment as well as their, their mental environment. Absolutely. So um, it rips the social fabric of community. Mm. Um, in the final few minutes, and unfortunately we, we, we are uh, coming to the end of the half hour, in the final few minutes, um, what kind of services can Center for Victims then offer for communities, for neighbors, for church or temple groups or, or, or social groups? Can you come out and do talks with people or workshops with people? Absolutely. Um, we do a lot of training. Um, we do a lot of educational presentations in communities um, because I think oftentimes people are not, they don't see what's happening to them. They don't understand why they feel the way they do. And once people have a better idea of understanding what's happening, um, what to expect, <clears throat> then they feel more empowered and more in control. Um, and it really is for when a community is traumatized, it really is about providing that safety and support. And we also, I mean, the other thing is, it is a matter of so many different systems working together because it's not only um, those members of the community, but also those systems that work in that community. If if I know that there's been a crime, but I'm not, I'm I'm afraid that by speaking up about it, that it might not be handled in a way that will keep me safe, then I'm less likely to talk about it. So it's about other systems all coming together and really trying to work towards these issues. Um, in a way that that allows for trust to be built again. And we really haven't talked at all about the the, the second part of your job description, which is conflict resolution. Are you able to teach, especially young people, ways to nonviolently and and peacefully work out conflict? Yes, we are. We do provide trainings. We do provide education around that. Um, and you know, our, our conflict resolution training is trauma informed. Um, and I I say that because in order to deal with trauma, you need to, I mean, deal with conflict, you need to understand the trauma behind it and, and how people respond. And oftentimes in those miscommunications that happen, um, people don't realize that they're triggering someone of something else that might've happened to them or just things that can cause someone to escalate in a way that is not helpful, but looking at, you know, all of us being more trauma-informed, all of us being, um, treating people the way we'd like them to treat us. Mm -hmm. I mean, take away all these other, you know, terminology, but really treating, just treating people the way we want them to treat us has a, can make a big difference in how people get along, you know. So, so if there's a school group or a scout group or whatever kind of group that's that's interested, sports team, whatever that's interested in learning more about conflict resolution, they can call the Center for Victims. Yes, they okay. can. They can even go on our website, and there is actually a um, an actual form okay. that they can. So, if it's at night and they want to fill out what their needs are and send it right to us, and then we go from there. Okay. Give us your your phone number and your website address one more time, please. 
Sure. It's one 644 And our website is www.centerforvictims.org. And you are local and the help is free and confidential. Yes, it is. Okay. And you are local and the help is free and confidential. Yes, it is. Okay. Vanessa Mayer-Snyder is Director of Education and Conflict Resolution Services for the Center for Victims. They're physically located on the south side of Pittsburgh, but uh, they will go pretty much anywhere, I think, within Allegheny County, within the sound of my voice, 1-866-644-2882 or centerforvictims.org. Vanessa, thank you so much for taking some time to talk with us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jason. And thank you all for listening today to Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel. Internet Radio, WMCK.FM, and TubeCityOnline.com. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at TubeCityOnline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, the Keysport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at TubeCityOnline. Online.